Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. We are on the uh, episode 41. So we have another On The Ones episode. So this week we do have a guest. Here with us today is Dr. Richard Johnson. Dr. Johnson was uh, owns his own company. It's called Hit the Deck Entertainment, which was incorporated about 14 years ago or so in his hometown, Orange, Virginia. Is that right? I, I don't, you, you're like these these investigative journalists actually doing some work, Vicky. How you know all of this? I didn't tell you that. The uh, Hit the Deck is an event planning party company that has jobs in the DMV area. And for those that are not in the United States or those that are and still don't know, DMV is the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. His company provides audio and video support, photography, catering services, and they conduct uh, philanthropic events throughout the year. Richard retired from the Army in 2012 as a major after 23 years of service. Yes. Um, And a fun fact about Richard, he shares a hometown with Captain Richard Mabels, a Tuskegee Airman that was lost during during combat. And I think you were a guest speaker at an honoring for him. Yeah, they put up a memorial form, like one of those uh, highway markers and then a, and like a, a, a ceremonial plaque in my hometown. And they uh, asked me to come be one of the guest speakers at the event to dedicate it. Yeah, that was a special day. Richard is a loving father of two adult sons, and I yes. have the privilege of calling him friend. So, Richard, yes, right. thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. It's my pleasure to be here. I wish I'd have gone, I'd gotten here a lot earlier, but uh, you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen. So, um, I'm, I'm, thank you for your years of friendship. You are uh, one of a kind. You're one of the hardest women that I know, and I am, I am one of the most intelligent people that I know. Uh, and intelligence doesn't come with just being able to do the A, Bs, and Cs and the one, twos, and threes. Uh, you have the emotional intelligence of, of somebody that needs to be a senator, a congressman. Uh, uh, president, vice president, something like that. And I'm not saying that just to say that, but I, I mean that. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Very, very kind. So how has both of y'all, Lamont and Richard, how have y'all's week been this last week or so? Well, I had, I had a good week. Again, I was telling you off camera, my, uh, my mother is 84 and my aunt, her sister is 91 or 92. And so I'm not a big holiday guy, but when I get together, when we get together on holidays, it's a it's a wonderful time, and I uh, we spend time. You know, we're, we're a bit of nerds in our family. You know, we we got some hood in us, but we're we're kind of nerds, so we play Scrabble on the holiday, and that is our fellowship. You know, we get together, and they they the trash talking as old ladies you ever seen in your life. You fit right in with them, Vicky. <laughs> but uh, good, good folks, man. You know what I'm saying. So uh, my kids went to to New York to see their mother, and uh, they both I think have COVID, <laughs> but they haven't brought it back to me yet. So uh, you know, 
But other than that, you know, everything's going great. We got a couple of gigs lined up that I really don't want to do, mainly because of the COVID scares and so forth. But uh, you know, that's on the that's on the horizon, right, right around the corner. How, uh, how are things going with you, Lamont, your last week, this past week for you? Things have been going pretty good. We actually just ended up celebrating my wife's grandmother's 90th birthday. That was exciting to have that birthday with her and kind of allow her to get to see this entire family that kind of came from her lineage and just get to experience that um, fellowship as uh, Dr. Johnson had kind of referenced. Other than that, we just really just took that time to enjoy each other, masked up, of course. And just um, trying to embrace the time together and just, you know, shower her with love and give her her flowers, you know, during that great time. That is both. That's a lot of longevity for from both of you all. And I was telling uh, Lamont, I had heard about the birthday party earlier and that his wife, his wife is his, she's little, like a, a pixie you put her on the shelf. And I was like, she's going to live forever. Like, she's like Tinkerbell. She's going to live forever. Like, grandmother's 90? Oh, my goodness. So, no, but it, I think it's, uh, I'll, in my head, I keep telling myself, it would be great to have a podcast where people of the older generation, and I'm talking 70 and older, just lay down some wisdom. Talk about whatever you want to talk oh, about. Yeah. Tell me anything you want to say and whatever it is. But it's hard to give someone a mic and say, go ahead and talk. You have to establish a relationship and rapport <coughs> and trust and stuff. But I, I you know, Vicky, yeah. I, I don't want to y'all, but you know, one of my side gigs is with my little, my little podcast. We, I usually do entertainers, local entertainers, right? And honestly, honestly a lot of that is what I'm is all tied into what I'm going to do after uh, I'm going to take my dissertation on the road and all of that. But I did what I started to do to get my chops up. I started interviewing the elders in my community. And just like any other interview show, I interview people from the thirties, forties and fifties and the sixties in my neighborhood. And I talked to them about how was it when they were kids? Because they, they don't have any access to media. They just consume media. They don't know how to, generate the media so i or produce the media so i we my me and my brother we go we get a camera i got a, i got a bunch of camera equipment i got a bunch of mics and all that stuff and we just put a series series of, of different topics entertainment sports church all kind of stuff and we talked to them about all kind of stuff about when they were kids because we need to capture their their story because somebody else will tell a story if we don't tell a story are you all publishing this anywhere that our listeners can we go have, and find it we have not published it because a lot of stuff is sensitive. And, and you know, like I know, people where I'm from is probably like where y'all from. And like, they're, they're real sensitive about their story being out there. If I do, if I do nothing, I'm, I, give it, I give it as a document to the family so you can see what your family would talked about. They, they might, some of these people are kind of shy. You know, they don't want to talk about this stuff openly to their, to their kids. They got, we got to get them to open up to us. And I think we're kind of savvy at doing it, but it, it takes a little work. So it's a, it's a work in progress. And uh, if I can, if I can document it, anything about my, my hometown, uh, I'm willing to do that. And I'm trying to, you know, get them, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a process, you know, you got to get them to open up so they can be comfortable with seeing their faces on camera and telling their business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to, I might have to reach out to you if I ever get the bandwidth to really start it because one of the things that I think is pretty interesting is 
it's just when people feel like they can have an, an, an anonymity, it's a lot mm -hmm. freer for them and they feel like there's no judgment. And somehow I invoke yep. that in folks like I really have no judgment because I probably yeah. did it. Too. So pretty interesting. We do, we do, we do the same thing you did. We, we took, we took 15 minutes to warm up and then you turn the camera on. You got to do all that. Yep. You know, obviously yep. when I interview my, my entertainer guys, I, I we drink and shoot the, shoot the BS and all that, but I'm not going to do that with my, my mom and, my, <laughs> and the other elders, you know, so that would be odd. Like, hey, mom, you want some of this? That <laughs> <laughs> Scrabble game was going hard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they cursing and everything. But yeah. All right, so uh, I, I took a strong leap out here, y'all. So my goal was to try to get entertainment themed truths of some sort. And so uh, I'm going to read the very first truth. It's a long one, but I think it's worth it. All right, here we go. I despise my friend who became a celebrity. We were total bros since we were since we first met at church. He was a fantastic, fun person, and we just hit it off from the start. For about two years, we were practically inseparable. He lived about 40 minutes away, so we hung out mostly at youth group. And he would often come over and we'd play Metal Slug and talk about PewDiePie. That was until he started to tell me about how, how he uh, had downloaded this new music software and he was making electronic music and uploading it to Newgrounds. At first, it was shit, absolute shit, that I had to listen to as a friend for about a year. We would critique together and decide how to make the songs better. He got much better to the point of developing a small internet following. This following fed his ego to the point of deciding that it would be best in his interest to devote all his time to making music. That meant shutting out important people in his life like me. As we stand now, he has far surpassed 10,000 Facebook likes on his page and is rapidly making money with both his music and merchandise. It's exploded to the point of him DJing at co conventions with thousands of people cheering him on. I'm happy for his success, but Jesus, dude, you can't call me once in a while. I've reached out to you so much and I don't exist to you anymore. If you'll go see another friend of ours that literally lives 10 minutes away, why won't you pick up the phone and tell me you're nearby? It's shitty that fame and money and fans have corrupted you to the point if seemingly being all that is to your life. At this point, I highly doubt our friendship could ever be what it was, but I'd really fucking appreciate a call or a text now and then. We used to hang out a lot and I miss that. I wish you could remember the people that were here before the money and the fans and the recognition. I wish you could remember the people who were there from the beginning. And listening to the confession, I feel like the person is trying to be very honest and they are just expressing a feeling of losing a friend, which I think is something we can all relate to in some uh, shape, form, or fashion. I know for some people, they will probably get irritated by this because they'd be like, you should just be happy for them and realize that some people are around for seasons. But for me personally, I I'm, I'm not 100% sure. In, in a way, I feel like it'd be different if this person, because I feel like there's context that I just don't have. Maybe there could be some underlying issues directly between the two of them that the other friend may feel that they may not be able to convey, of course, because we're only hearing it from the friend who's upset. 
for me at this point, I'm looking at it as a poblano, but I feel like I need a little more time to ruminate on it. Hmm. You have any opinions, Richard? Well, that's about a Thai chili. Actually, I'm judging both of them because hmm. I can believe, I can totally believe people that act like that, but that dumbass doesn't realize they're not going to be famous forever. They come, they're going to have to come back home to the people that they grew up around. And evidently, this dude is, or this person is so hurt because they obviously were close. At the same time, I hate to use the word hate, but there's a lot of people that are jealous of your success. I have a friend, you know, I was a child DJ. You know, I'm not famous, but I'm locally famous, you know. And uh, when I go locally and I DJ and some of my friends are there, they want to participate. But I'm like, look, man, just get out of the way. I got this. I've been doing this for 38 years. I know what I'm doing. I don't, I really don't need your help. So don't judge me. Be my friend and chill out and get out of the way. So I can see it from both sides. You know, uh, there's, there's probably some people that they, they didn't go along for the ride with you and they're sitting around just, just, just hating on you. That's why you see all these people that want to rap and DJ and sing and all that because they're not just, want to do it themselves in their mind they're thinking shit i can do that if he can do that i can do that so that's that's what's going on there you know so the person if the person that was down with them right the the, the person who wrote the letter if he was on tour with the person or whatever they're doing and he was participating in all of that and they were kind of like shitting on the rest of the people around it around the way that they left behind i bet you this letter wouldn't even been written so that's where i see it so i'm judging them so that's where I am. I, I see it as two truths too, or two confessions. It's I can understand your feelings being hurt and if you miss your friend, but also also recognize that we don't know the context. We don't know if you were annoying as heck. We don't know if you described that it was terrible for the first year. Maybe that negativity was something that they didn't want because they needed to kind of propel themselves. I mean, there's a whole lot there. So mm-hmm. from the jealous guy, I, I'm, I'm probably giving a jalapeno. I'm giving you a side eye. Like, you know, as long as you don't do anything to negatively impact this guy's career, then, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell people your, your feelings are hurt or whatever, but as long as you don't try to sabotage them, once you come to the, a, a saboteur, you, you start to get in the reaper territory. Yeah. Yeah. But for the friend that isn't on, I, I think that's an interesting, I, um, I think it was Richard. I think it was interesting to think, you know, there, there are people who get on and they just leave their people behind. And you're, if we're all sitting on the bus, like, ah, oh, you remember this, this so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand that. It was missing. I don't cut you off. I know you, I guess you're, it's your session, you know, your, your piece, but age has something to do with this too. Age has something to do with this. Like, like, look at me now. I'm 52 years old. I'll be 52 in a couple of weeks. Right. And I still got the same, I had the same type of dynamic with some of my friends. Right. And, and I'm thinking like, if a person is hating on me and I'm 50 some years old, right. And they're, and they're my peers. And just because they didn't decide to do anything with their life. Now you hating on me. Come on, man. I'm not hating on you because you didn't do shit. I mean, I'm not hating on you. I'm not, I'm not looking down on you because you didn't do anything with your life. I, I, some, some's totally sort of in, in something deeply wrong with that. Yeah. So. It's the, uh, you think you're better than me syndrome. Yep. And I don't even yeah. think of you. I don't, I'm not even thinking about you. 
to even yeah. think that I'm better than you. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I'm too focused I mean, on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, when you put doctor on your, uh, you know, on your, uh, when you expect somebody to call you doctor and they, they kind of like front on you and they like, who do you think you are? It's the same thing. Yes. You know? Yes. But that's a whole different story. Cause I got a, I got a different, I got a perspective on that, but that's, that's not for this. Oh, we go anywhere. I was going to say, this is is (laughs) all kinds of places. I I have experienced such contempt for my doctorate now that I'm in my role as a director. And and that's the way that I feel. There, I mean, first of all, I'm a fluffy black doc, uh, doctor with dreadlocks that's a director at a Fortune 41 company. And, and you're a type A. You're a type A and don't have no problem telling you ABCD. And I won't talk about any of my classmates because most of them, I got along. We got, I got along with all of them. Well, we mostly got along with everybody. But there's some people that always had something to say about what you do, no matter how you say it, no matter how you you know, no matter how you present it, it's always got somebody on the sideline running their damn mouth about, well, I think you're wrong, Dr. Uh, Vicky. You ought to think about this, that, and other. You, you ain't, you don't have any of the experience I have. You don't have any of the, uh, uh, you remember, you ever see the movie, The Family That Prays Together? Mm-hmm. The, when doc, when they were in the, they were in the conference room and the guy was telling Robin Gibbons, what, what gives you the right to think you know how to run this company? And then she runs down this whole laundry list of all the experiences and all the doctor, all the degrees she has. And all they said, that's what gives me the goddamn experience to say what I, what's on my mind. You know, you're not just running your damn mouth. You're coming from a perspective of somebody that knows what they're talking about. So anyway, sorry, that's, that's, that's a little no, off, it, off topic, it, but it's something I experience now. It's, do I have to call you doctor? And especially there's a specific gender and ethnicity that really has a problem with initially understanding and respecting me as a doctor or, mm-hmm. or just my position, you know, and let me guess. Don't, they don't go. It's not, they, they don't point those. They don't point that, 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 that angst to everybody though, do they? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. And of course, I know how to navigate it. I navigate it well. Yeah. I know how to play the game. Yeah. I am. I always used to say I'm not political until the last few months. I realized how political I am, how yeah. I move chess pieces all the time. And I have to because there's so many people who get frustrated because I got something they think they should have had or they don't think I've earned it. I'm sorry. I'm a witness. <laughs> they were. I told I told a couple people they're not just giving away these things <laughs> man nah because i listen i was the last one to finish i still haven't walked yet because of covid i was the last one to finish and i was like i don't even know what i'm gonna oh. make it but I, my, uh, vicky vicky was in front of all of us except for one guy i think one guy finished like right before we right the last day of class i think he was defending but mm-hmm. vicky kind of gave me a lot of the input that i had for my for to for the the formatting of the way I had to formulate my documents, my, my, my dissertation. And then come to find out, you know, other circumstances reared the ugly head and Vicky was still there when I was finished, mm. you know, yeah, and I'm I, like, I it, it ain't because of Vicky's intellect <laughs> at all. No. no, you know, I feel like I experienced 
racism. Just point out blank, period. I absolutely I believe that I had a bigoted experience. That is that is what I believe. I won't mention who the experience was with, but none of it made sense. Uh, and it all started with the email of them saying something incorrect. Me asking a question to show them that they were incorrect without saying you were incorrect. And it, it just went, the relationship went downhill from there. Yeah. And if you're yeah. supposed to be leading people, you need to be able to acknowledge that sometimes you make a mistake. I let people know that all the time. I'm going to mess up. Just let me know what it is. I can fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem. I don't have an ego of not acknowledging, oh, yeah, that was a misstep on my part. Right. But so, yeah, I, yeah. So I think it's interesting just in listening to you all. Um, obviously, you all were in this program together. But one of the things I've learned in working with Vicky, like you just said, is that you are able to admit that you can make mistakes. And I think even if we tie it back to the actual confession, part of the thing is, like you said, for the friend who was kind of was putting down the other friends music and everything else, like you said, that negativity can wear thin on you can kind of push you away, but it could, it could be on the other end. Like you said, there's context we're missing that the other person could see themselves as untouchable or high and mighty. And, you know, there is a difference between someone who is proud of their successes and someone who rubs it in your face. There Mm -hmm. is a complete difference between the two. And I've never seen you do that. Like you are proud of yourself and that's that. No, that's cool. You're supposed to be proud of yourself, but there's a difference between being prideful and just completely going overboard. Exactly. Yeah. But all right, that was our first truth. Richard, are you ready for the second truth of the night? I, I just hope y'all have, have me back, man, because this is kind of interesting. This is uh, definitely different. I think y'all got some, uh, I got something on your hands here. Title is, I had to install equipment so a nice co-worker could lose his job. Dirty son of a I used to work as an engineer at a pair of radio stations. The DJ for the evening shift was a nice guy I always liked talking to. He'd been at the station for at least a couple of years. Management decided to eliminate his position by replacing him with a satellite show that would cost far less than what we were paying than what we were paying him. We installed a giant satellite dish on the roof of the building and a satellite receiver with audio going into the studio. I was forbidden from mentioning this to anyone. All while I knew this was going down, I had to smile and talk to him whenever I saw him. Knowing he was going to lose his job, it was really killing me. Eventually, the show started and he lost his job. I was also working a side job at the time, and a DJ happened to work there, work there too. I told him how I knew uh, what was happening, and I wasn't allowed to say anything and apologize for it. But he was cool with it and said, hey, sometimes that's how things work in radio. Still, I feel rotten about it. Hmm. Here's the thing. If we were friends, I'm going to need you to run me the information. And like I and I work in a world where you're supposed to keep things on the low. I'm old. I'm super transparent. I'm, I'm I show my cards because I'm still beat you. I don't care if you see me. what you see. I'm going to show my cards. I think I would have told him, but I can understand it. Also, if you want to keep your job. And you want to keep it a bell pepper. And it's kind of like a bell pepper. Like, hey, I was just doing my job. I'm going to keep it moving. But if it was my friend and I, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody I had relationship with, I'm going to tell them. Like, listen, but I also mess with mature people. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to tell you this, but you can't, you ain't hear it from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a satellite. Ask them why that satellite's on the roof. You know what I'm saying? Like I would do enough to try to push them. So should you still feel bad about it? Maybe not. But I'm, this may be one of the time I lie. Like, man, I ain't even know. Dog, I ain't know they're going to do you like that. Because I would be embarrassed I didn't tell you. That I didn't say something to you. I don't know. So what did you rate it, Vicky? I'm going to pull Blano. It could irritate others. Like, that you knew and you didn't say anything. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, so for me, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you, Vicky. Uh, that for me, it's about a poblano. It could irritate others. And I, and I feel like that's, that's one of those between a rock and a hard places type of situations you end up in where it's like, yeah, you know the information, you know what's going to happen. But at the same time, like you said, the level of friendship and connection you may have with the person may, you know, steer you one way or another as far as how much information you want to let them know. But you also have to consider your own home and the responsibilities you have to take care of. And you don't want to put yourself out. So it's, it's really tough <clears throat> because you want to kind of, you know, you don't want to leave anybody out there on a limb on their own, just, you know, kind of just flowing in the wind without knowing what's going on. But you also don't want to put yourself out there either because you decided to open your mouth. So, yeah, for me, it's a Pablano as well. All right. What are your I think thoughts, I'm in, a, I think I'm in the same territory of heat as you guys. Only thing I'll say is this this is a radio situation. And, and, and granted, granted, you got to look at what, my, my, my perspective. I was a soldier for 23 years, right? So sometimes you simply, because of the severity of the situation, you shouldn't be running your mouth about what's going to happen. You, you cannot, under any circumstances, just blab about something that you know. And it's in your, it's in your best interest. It's in the higher echelon's interest to keep your mouth shut. And there's, sometimes there's circumstances as to why you need to keep your mouth shut. But in this situation... It seems like they're sort of, they're not a, I think they're sort of peers, it looks like, right? So if it's, they're, if it's a peer-to-peer type of situation, I'm very clear on this whole, hey, look, man, you didn't hear from me, like you said, Vicky, you didn't hear from me, but this is, they about to boot you out of here. And if it's a job, uh, this type of job, the, this, this, the, the level of uh, severity of the job, I guess, hey, I wouldn't have any problem, you know, telling them, hey, look, man, it's kind of outside the realm of doing the, what the what the what the company wants, but as a man and as a friend and as a uh, coworker, I think I'd probably have to say something to the guy. You know, so uh, here's a- but 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 you know me, Vicky. I'm a company man. I am all about this is what we're doing. But sometimes what the company says is kind of irresponsible and unethical and that type of thing. They could have they could at least gave the guy some sort of heads up that it was coming down the pipe. You know, that's what real leaders do. But, uh, but yeah, that's so, where uh, this is. A, I'm, I'm going to take a little leap off a bridge here. There was a CEO that got some heat in the news lately. And this is not a, this is not a, a, a truth in the news segment, but there was a CEO who had gotten some heat because he let 900 associates know over zoom that they were going to lose their jobs and they were going to have a reduction in force. So let me, and and so I, I want to say it was a mortgage firm. I, I, I really do think it was. Mm-hmm. So with that very little information, that very little minute information, what are you all's thoughts on having a CEO, a director, a, a manager hold a Zoom call and 
and do that for everyone. Zoom call is not the problem because bad news doesn't get better over time. I read the same article. I saw that. But I think it's not the Zoom call per se that's the problem. Sometimes you got to do stuff that's unpopular. But I forgot the rest of the circumstances, but whatever it was, it was kind of shysty the way they did it. The kind of way yeah, they, they dropped the bomb on them. You know, so I don't remember exactly what the circumstances were, but yeah, I mean, under the circumstances, you can't get people together. You, you got to, what would have been better if they sent a letter to the house? Send them an email, say, hey man, you fired uh, as of next week. And I think they fired them like the day of or something, right? Yeah. They, let, they yeah, actually let them like go that. then. They were letting yeah. them go. Uh, they were losing their insurance. Like, there was a lot more to it. Like, there was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily just the Zoom call itself. As, as a person who's actually uh, dealt with that and getting that type of information for, from a job in a Zoom call, the Zoom call itself isn't the part that's the problem. It seems like the, um, how quickly it occurred and just how, to, how it's yeah. like out of the blue. It's almost like instantaneous is the part that kind of just kind of puts you in the shell shock phase and they don't really give you any mm-hmm. information. Uh, you know, I know with this story, it was, you know, very instant, but some companies have done similar things and they'll just kind of let you know that they're letting you go. And you're just kind of just there. You're just kind of floating in the wind working and you don't know if your last day is that day or two months from now. And that's a really weird position to be in. Okay. So I'm, I'm able to I'm willing- find the, the announcement and it's very tone deaf. At one portion, he says, this is the second time in my career that I'm doing this and I do not want to do it. The last time I did, uh, I cried. But then the very last part of the statement is if you all are on this call, you are a part of the unlucky group that is being laid off. Your employment here is terminated effective immediately. Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of yikesy. Like that was it's so deaf to even say. And the last time I had to let nine hundred people go, I cried. I was so sad. My feelings were so hurt. And then you're t- okay. And effective immediately, y'all don't have jobs anymore. Like yeah. that. Oh, I can see that being a reaper almost. Like y'all handled that. Oh very yeah. 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 Basically, it hurts you know, me more than it hurts you because I gotta go. <laughs> right. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that the that the, the mid level managers and the managers probably didn't get it the way the the, the junior per- people got it. You know what I'm saying? I bet you they had some sort of some sort of uh, parachute to help them land. I, I just I just find it hard to believe. You know, your, the whole company like, they they just dissolved the company today, and you just found out today. Well, it was only 900 of their associates. I don't know what well, the... But still, that's, I don't care what like, kind of company they That's a significant number of people. Yeah. That decision doesn't yeah. happen just like that. The decision to decide that or the decision to build up to that didn't take uh, like a snap of the fingers that it did to fire these people. I, I just don't believe... I just can't believe that. I find it hard to believe. Yeah. That way. yeah. I don't like doing absolutes <laughs> like... Uh, like Dr. James, Dr. James used to chastise me. It's not an absolute, but it's highly unlikely that they just, out, hey, today we're going to fire everybody. We're going to fire 900 folks. Absolutely. Uh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> it is no. Yeah. And that is what my issue with a lack of transparency in some organizations is not giving people the bandwidth to make decisions. 
You know, yeah. if this is what's going to happen, it, we don't need to cause panic and flight, but we still need to figure out a way to let people know what's impacting their lives or mm-hmm. how our change may impact their lives instead of just, I don't know. I, I think that's one of the, I, there's a million problems with the way that. Well, I mean, that's terrible leadership. That's terrible communication. That's terrible management. That's terrible decision-making. I mean, there's no strategy involved. I mean, what is that all about, man? You don't deserve to be an executive if you're, if you're operating that way. What you going to say, Lamont? So I had a question for both of you. I want to get your thoughts on something. And I know we're not technically doing truth in the news, but I kind of want you all's opinion on this. So there's been a lot of talk about the uh, quote-unquote great resignation that's been going on with people leaving jobs. There's been videos that have shown people leaving different companies as small as your fast food companies to hire up law firms and other things. And uh, some of the conversation has been about a lot of people have attached their worth to their job titles and uh, kind of realized that they wanted something more out of life. But some of the other conversations were about exactly what we're talking about in this example of companies just completely not really having the the best way of going about how they handle dealing with their employees. And uh, I just want to get you all thoughts if you had any on this topic. And the great resignation. I'm going to say something that's probably ignorant. Real talk. <laughs> if I could make $100,000 showing my feet on OnlyFans, fuck a job. I'm just being serious, though. Like, I, why would I keep working? I mean, people were making six five, six figures doing weird shit on OnlyFans or, you know, all kinds of stuff. If it makes you happy, you're not hurting anyone. You're not damaging anyone. Those three things, your emotional, physical, and spiritual, and you feel you good, quit. To go wow. out and go do whatever it is to make you happy because the time on this rock is short. Like I am begging, like I'm praying to God every day. He gives me another 48 years. That's still only 90. I'm yeah. praying for another 48 years. I, I, it, when my production company kicks off and when all my little irons strike in the fire and I can leave and kind of have a bit of a look, I'm leaving. Matter of fact, if y'all know anybody want picture of my feet, like, I'm here. <laughs> like, let me know. I, you know, I got some unique characteristics. Oh, let me know. I, I dress them up for you. What, what do you mean? Want to put on some socks? Listen, I, you want me to wear the socks and mail them to you? It's I keep doing the weirdest, craziest stuff. I'm here for it. I, I, I saw a, a, a TikTok of a, a woman who sells her panties and there's a guarantee that she's had them on for 48 hours. First of all, That's all. you ever seen Orange is New Black? I, I, not the whole series, not the whole series. That's what they were. That's what they were doing on that show. Yep. Yeah, prisoners from, do from, that, yeah. from the prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But now, now again, Vicky, I like it. Like you said, though, when I say people that would do anything for money, I'm talking about immoral things. Now that's not immoral. That's just silly. I mean, is a kid going to be jacked up for life because he makes YouTube videos playing with toys and he and he ends up becoming a millionaire doing it? No, I don't think I'm wrong with that. My son, who's a, uh, I shouldn't say this in public, but I'm going to say it. My son is, uh, he just graduated from college a couple weeks ago, right? And uh, he's got a whole lot of money in the bank. 
from from cryptocurrency for a kid one week out of college. And you know, I asked him what he want to do when he. I said, "What do you want to work, son?" He ain't tripping. He said, "I'm not working anywhere in the corporate world." I said, "I said, son, you got a business degree." I said, "Go get a job at the bank, man. You get a go to Navy Federal over here tomorrow. You get a job tomorrow." He's like, "No, Dad, it's against my uh, against my principles." He's he's like anti bank, anti regular currency, right? So he wants to just trade crypto, and uh, that might that might just be young people thinking like young people because he's, he doesn't have to pay any rent yet. But what I'm saying is. There's a million ways out here to make money. I mean, I make, I have a very thriving DJ business, very thriving DJ and sound company. And, uh, again, I don't, I don't have to steal anything. I don't have to steal anything from anybody to get it, you know? And I, and I wouldn't, you know, I got a bunch of friends that have done a lot of crime. I'm not going there, you know, for one, I think it's, it's, it's enough legal ways to make money. Uh, they don't have to delve into that. I can't show my feet on on, on OnlyFans, though. I think people aren't exposed to legal avenues to make money. Like, I, I told, I think me and Lamont a few months back, maybe all the time because I'm crazy. If I used my superpower for bad, I would be the richest person I know. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, if I use my superpower, oh my goodness. Do you just, okay. I, I probably shouldn't tell y'all my evil plans, but in my head, but because of the environment I grew up in and the people I grew up around, if I use these powers for bad, oh my God, I'd be super rich. I mean, probably be likewise. Likewise. Yeah, man. But you know, that the 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 downside is you ain't gonna have somebody like President Trump to get how how he pardoned everybody, all of these guaranteed criminals who really did that shit. You ain't going to have somebody like that to get you out of it. So mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you spend 20 years behind bars for for some bullshit. Credit card. Right. Something stupid. Yeah. Something, something. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going yeah. there. I always, I'm too cute to go to jail. I'm too light to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to jail. I'm scared. I feel you. You know, all, all right. these people that do all of this crime, man, you're making, you're making pennies in, in the grand scheme of things, you know. I mean, you look how many people out here that, that, that model on Instagram. They're making a, a living doing that. Yeah. It's really prostitution, though, in my opinion. Ooh, it's modern-day prostitution. Huh? Doesn't prostitution require an actual sex act? No, I ain't talking about all of them. I'm talking about some of them. Who's paying these people to come to the come to your city to to I mean I, I know this. Okay, I know yeah, this. Got you. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, go ahead, Lamar. No, I was gonna agree with you. I mean, Vicky, you, you know Abba and Preach, right? They've done videos where they've talked about some of these IG models and things. Um and, and I don't even mean just here in the US, they'll go overseas, oh, they'll yeah. get paid. And they will do videos. They have to end up doing a video saying that they will do the task that these men or whoever it is is paying them for. This includes yeah. the craziest things, including even things with yeah. people they shouldn't be. Let me say it that way before I say something we can't say on our show. Way over the top stuff, man. The most yeah, heinous, like, crazy stuff you can think of. And these, there, there's, there was a site for it that these women would be on the site and they would have to post a video saying that they would do it and everything. And one of these mm-hmm. girls, uh, she had done everything and um, something about the cash, the way it was, she wasn't legally allowed to take the cash from the co- from the country. 
And the, the, the guy who had hired her basically had her detained at the airport and she was sent back to the U S without the money. So it, it gets into yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. I think that, you know, so that you don't, in case you don't know, Richard, I have a, I, I think sex work should be legalized so that <laughs> pe- people can stop having so many victims. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the oldest profession for a reason. And if we can put regulatory things in place so people can be safe, because people going to sell it, might as well make them as safe as possible. Yeah. But I mean, it's, 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 it's similar to the drugs. It's similar to a lot of the drug conversations, right? Now, I don't think, I really don't think cocaine, heroin, and all that stuff should be legal. My kids both, well, a lot of people in my life smoke marijuana, right? Uh, I have a government job, and I'm not, I'm, I got to get drug tested, so I don't smoke. But I drink. And their argument, their argument is, well, you, you, you drink, and that's more detrimental. In a lot of cases, it really is more detrimental than smoking weed. But my, my, own, my only thing is kind of, this is not a tangent, but for me, I don't think, uh, I, I just have a problem with guys getting, going to prison for weed, going to jail for weed. I mean, you're giving your freedom away for a habit. Now, if you want to be an activist and go ahead and get them to change the law, go ahead. Meantime, between time, you dummy, you don't have enough lawyer to pay for your lawyer, enough money to pay for a lawyer, and you're going to go out here and buck the system just to get high? You need to probably start drinking, man. That shit is legal. Never say you need to start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking. just saying. I didn't think I was going to have a little on this show. <laughs> you know what? I, I will. I will. <laughs> I will keep my opinions to myself on that one because I, I have my own theories and probably for a whole nother type of show. But I do, I wouldn't legalize heroin. We already have it legal. It's called opioids. Uh, we can get them from pretty much any pharmacy. We get a prescription. Yeah. So there is a legal form of heroin out there. I would le- listen. If, if it's the premise of my dissertation, legal, man. Uh, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> Okay, if marijuana ever becomes legal in Kentucky, I would absolutely open up a, a dispensary. Absolutely, I would, it'd run twenty four seven. I'd run that B anytime they would allow me to have it open. I, could you imagine? Oh my god! Well, you might you might start right. you might start researching right now then because it's gonna be legal everywhere eventually. You, oh, you know I have though, right? Oh, you're exactly. <laughs> about Ben, man. I'm slow. But it's legal in Virginia, but shit. You know, it's just like liquor in Virginia. You can't, you can only buy hard liquor in the Virginia ABC store that's run by the government. Mm-hmm. The only option, yeah, you can buy beer and wine any, in pr- pretty much anywhere, like gas stations, gro- grocery store. No liquor. No hard alcohol. The only other alternative is you go to a military installation, which is a federal facility, and then you can buy whatever you want. Mm. It's you know, like uh, right. that's that that northeast. You all northeast has these weird kind of things. They those ABC stores. I kind of experienced <sighs> them in uh, Philly too. It's a it's some some northeast thing because we can get liquor anywhere here. I think it's I think, that common the Commonwealth structure. They kind of got it so they can uh, things are kind of centralized. So no matter you know, and then we get into politics. Whether it's right wing or left wing, it really doesn't matter. It's the it's the money wing. That controls it uh, here in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. That's why I call BS on people and their extremist uh, political views. I'm like, that shit don't mean nothing, man. The poor against you. I mean, the poor, the rich against the poor. 
that's it. If everyone could see that, it's not black and white. It's really rich versus poor. And I'm poisoning these poor people to think it's these poor people's fault. Like, the whole time I'm pitting you all against each other, raking in all the money. Like, if we can all understand, yeah. literally, there's more of us than them. It's a, it's an oligarchy. It is a, it is a yeah, oligarchy. No doubt about and it. I swear, my, I wish my legacy is that I throw a wrench in the oligarchy that I, that I become so successful. I just fuck up everybody's game plan and get people money. They shouldn't have access to get them doors <laughs> open. They can't, they can never see. Have it's called cryptocurrency. Yeah. I just, ah, uh, yeah. It's called cryptocurrency. It's leveling the playing field and it has no color to it. Yeah. You're not wrong between that and the GameStop thing that happened and all that stuff. You're right. It's the it's the new gold rush, Vicky. Gotta get on, get get on the game, get in the game, baby. You're gonna have to give me some information about what that is and what you need to invest and how to how to know you're making the right decisions. Well, put it this way, I'm not I'm not the expert. My son knows quite a bit about it, and uh, it's fresh in his mind because he's still a new graduate of college, so he can he can spit. He's talked to a lot of my friends about it, right? Uh, the bottom line is, like I said, it's it's not. As of right now, it's not in a situation. It's not a situation where you can get held back because of, like, for instance, you want to open up a, a, a dispensary in certain some of these states because of who you are and where you're from and what side of town you're from. You might not be able to get in. And now I can't say that it's because you're black. However, the, the government don't. The world don't work like that now. They got all these circumstances set up, set up to keep you out of it. Yes, they make licensing so exorbitant that the normal person can't pay that. But, you know, and we have old money here. I mean, Kentucky be what it is. There is old money here. There's money in horses. You know, Louisville was a a river town. Everything had to, Mm -hmm. you know, people came through here. So there is old, old money here. So anything that can access the capital, access to capital is a real thing, man. Or or no access to capital is just as real. But crypto is is even in the playing field for a whole lot of folks. I'm going to have to kind of pull your ear. Pull your ear yeah. to pull your son's ear. Or pull pull yeah. your son's ear. Hey, I, I, I'm always learning, trying to learn, that is. No doubt. I mean, you know, you know, and, and I know we're probably wrapping up here, man, but you know, it's funny how uh, I tell people all the time I was in a, when we were in our doctoral program, that's the first time in my life I was ever, even in the military, it's the first time in my life I was in a class full of people who were kind of like really excited to be there. Always excited to learn some new stuff. At the end, it kind of got old. Ain't got stale, but just like you guys, right? I, I assume that y'all, y'all, you know, I know that you guys are thoughtful people and who would care about actually intellectually advancing yourself. You know, I got a bunch of friends, man. Some of them guys ain't thinking about nothing but, but who's playing in the game on Sunday. That's all they're concerned about. Mm. You know, who's, be- who's better rapper than this guy or that guy? I mean, who cares, man? See, I think that there's space for people like that. I think that... Yeah. If that's the avenue that you want to pursue, I, are you happy? Like, are, are yeah, you, you know, are you physically, mentally, spiritually? Don't, are you don't, good? Don't call me and buy, don't call me and borrow no money from me then. Don't call me and ask no, me no money. I ain't got no money. You for ain't thinking about how you gonna handle your business? Fair, <laughs> no, fair. man. I, I think that's fair. 
that is true. I was going to say there. There's you ain't there's, taking your life levels. serious. Why you want me to take? Why you want me to take your life serious if you're not taking your life serious? Mm. Well, I have to agree with you there. There, I have yeah. to agree. It, it is. Hey, look, Vicky. Now I'm not you saying don't me. ever do anything. Oh, look, I'm the I DJ for a living, so I have a good time. <laughs> I'm all about the bullshit. But come on now, I got a nine to five. I got a I got a business, and I got a and I like to read, so I'm a nerd. So you know, I ain't trying to take anybody's fun, but come on, man. If that fun can't pay your bills, man, what are you doing? Mm. Valid point. All right, guys, I think it does wrap it up for this week's episode of Pick Truth. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming out and and hanging out with us. Oh, and, no doubt. And that was on my best behavior. I honestly like this is. I was on my best behavior today. I was on my best behavior. <laughs> You didn't have to clean up for me. I hadn't heard you curse before. So I know what time. I was gonna say, oh, I didn't. I didn't clean up for you. It just happens that way. <laughs> <laughs> Next time it might be totally ignorant. I never know. It 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 just changes. All right, guys. I'll so tune uh, in and you- watch. I'll tune in and watch from now on though, because I really enjoy the conversation. So really interesting. All right, and you can find us on uh, anywhere that you have a podcast: Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Shutter. The list can go on. But yeah, uh, if you like today's episode, help us out. Subscribe and send the show to two friends. If you've not done so already, join our Facebook group, Pick Truth, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review us on whichever podcast subscription you subscribe to. All right, catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat.